talk to me. So, Hi. There we go. We're good. We're I'm good. Here. I was listen. I'm, I'm waiting. I got. I had the finger guns ready. <laughs> good. Man. Good. Good. Um, I, I I hope everyone else is ready because it is time, guys. Welcome to episode thirty three of the Rocket Punch Show, the start of twenty twenty one edition. Very excited. Very happy to be here. Hopefully, you guys Five are. Five years. Five years. Seth. Five. It's it's been. It's been a wild ride. It's been a whole lot of fun. It was. Remember when we were like, hmm, we should get together and make a video game <laughs> podcast. And then we started with, we've told the story before, but the Yeti mic around the table mm-hmm. started the podcast 2016. Uh, what a ride it has been since then. And here we are. We're still here. We're at the new the new logo up top. Oh, wrong way. No, there we go. There we go. New logo. Get it right. Get it right. New show logo. Uh, fun new background. I'm loving it, dude. Your stream yesterday was awesome. It was super fun. great job. Uh, <laughs> raised some great money. It was a total blast to watch. So good was, Yeah. If if you want to watch me eat hot chicken for 22 minutes and 17 seconds without any water whatsoever, then yeah, it's the highlights already on Twitch. So you can go. It sounds like out. you might have counted every single one of those seconds. <laughs> That's such it, a specific number. After after the first like three minutes, everything just started to blur. Like I, time and space were relative. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, your your eyes roll back in your head, and you see the whites of the eyes. It was that's how um, it is, right? Uh, I saw dolls. <laughs> Guys, if you're new, if you don't know who I am, I'm Cameron here. I am the man behind the fist here at Rocket Punch. To my 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 left, your side. right, whatever. To his uh, side. To his to my side here is the Dark Lord of Hype himself, Darth Turner, aka Seth, my co-host. Um Seth, it's I was telling you before we started, it's felt mm-hmm. like forever since we've done this show. Like the show proper. It's, yes. What has it been two weeks? In video game world, that's like two months, dude. Well, I'm even taking into consideration like game of the year because I feel like game of oh, the year yeah. is a, a different beast entirely. And I feel like it's been like almost two months. Yep. Uh, since yep. we've been. Um, all it, the GameStop stuff. All the GameStop stock. Say that five times fast. All that oh. stuff has happened since we last recorded a show. I want to tell you that like months ago, I saw like GameStop stock at like four or five dollars. I was like, oh you know, yep. Hun, we should go maybe we should look at getting GameStop stock. And I was like, son of a yep. bitch. Yep. No, that was the same way, dude. I was like, mm, maybe I should put a couple thousand back last March when everything tanked. I was like, oh man, they might do pretty good this year. And I was like, ah no, I shouldn't do it. My hindsight's twenty twenty. Would have Dogecoin to the moon. Life. Yeah. Elon's gonna ride Dogecoin to the moon. So here we are. Um but guys we're not gonna talk about that unfortunately that's a couple weeks past. That's already Yep. Run its course, but we do have a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about, guys. Um, we're going to talk about what's going on with Blizzard in 2021. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy 14 and if it can keep its success um, going. We are also going to talk about Stadia and what the hell's going on over at Stadia and Google with that service there, guys. Um, do you smell that? It smells like burning. <laughs> a fire? What? Where? We're coming at the direction of the Stadia factory. I hope everything's okay over there. But guys, we're also going to talk about all the new stuff coming to Rocket Punch and the content that I'm making for you guys in 2021. So let's jump right into it here. We're not going to waste any time for you guys. If you don't know, 
This is the Rocket Punch Show, your southern source for all things gaming, geek, and more. You can listen to the podcast every Tuesday on your podcast service of choice. You can also join us live as we record the show each and every Sunday right here on twitch.tv slash Rocket Punch Live. Um, we want to give a special shout out for everybody joining us on the early bird special of Rocket Punch Show. Um, this is normally not the time we air it, but as you can tell, the Super Bowl's coming tonight. I'm repping my team here. Go Bucks. Um, so we decided to shift things a little bit earlier so that way um, I have plenty of time to drink and yell at the TV whenever the rest call yeah, bad this is a Yeah, this is an important year for the Super Bowl for two reasons. One, I believe, Cameron, specifically uh, one of your favorite teams is there, yes. right? I don't know much about it, but I do know you're wearing a jersey. I hear you talk about it in Discord. We even moved the time of recording <laughs> so that we could make sure you had a chance to watch it. And two, this is a video game related one. This is most likely the last year that the Super Bowl can claim the fame of being the most watched item uh, of the year because on its current trajectory, the Game Awards will surpass the Super Bowl next year. Super Bowl pulls in around 90 million, 90 to 100 million views each year. Uh, okay. Last that year, right. the Game Awards pulled in around 83 million views, and that was up from last year's 43 million views. So if it continues that growth trajectory, the Super Bowl will be dwarfed by the Video Game Awards next year. What a weird time to be alive. Yeah. It's a little weird. I'm curious if... More people are going to watch because of COVID restrictions, but we'll see the numbers, I'm sure, we'll over see, the yeah, next yeah. few weeks um, and see how that shakes out, guys. Um, but guys, if you want to know more about the content I'm making for you, head over to RocketPunchGo.com. That is going to be your one-stop shop for all the videos, podcasts, and streams that are created here at Rocket Punch. And of course, guys, um, here at Rocket Punch, there are a lot of different ways to help support the show, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, jumping up here, a quick um, housekeeping here. St stream schedule for this week. Um, we've got Wednesday and Thursday are going to be our stream days. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that um, right at the top of the show here before we get rolling into our topics. Um, Wednesday, I'm going to be playing some Hades. Um, I've, I've, I've started getting into that. Uh, Seth, you'll be happy to know I made it to the third level today. Right before nice, the show. Nice. Um, apparently the spear is dope and it's awesome. And I hadn't used it until then. I'm like, oh, the spear's cool. Mm -hmm. um, you're, listen, you're going through the you're going through the process. Right now <laughs> you think the spear is dope because you haven't found the shield build. And then after that, you would have found the sword build. It's got you're gonna go through a hundred of those before you beat the game. It's good, good, good. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but we're gonna play some Hades on Wednesday, and then this upcoming Thursday, we're gonna play a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I'm still a, a fledgling white mage. I need to get better and uh, learn a little bit more. So I'm going no, to play to get quests. on my server so I can resub and we can play. Well, we're going to talk about it later, but apparently okay. the uh, cross data or cross server oh, okay. play is coming. Okay, so, good, 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 good. That'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later here, guys. Um, but before we get rolling into the topics um, and what we're going to be covering in the show today, guys, a quick Update in case you missed the stream or you don't follow me on Twitter or you don't do social media or anything like that. Um, all of the 2021 announcements for the content have been revealed. I've talked about them um, a little bit here. We've got the the two. I'm going to hold the two big things that affect the Rocket Punch show. But the other four pieces of content that were coming. Rocket Punch Live, of course, our streaming is still um, going strong. We've got some. Um, I've got some new videos series coming out um in my opinion 
is basically Rocket Punch Opinions. We're just replacing that. So if you want to hear my hot takes on a lot of stuff in the gaming industry, that is the video series you want to watch. Um, and then uh, Rocket Punch Reviews, which is going to be basically reviews in a very small time frame, like five to seven minute reviews of quick fire for games uh, that I think would interest you guys there. I'll be reviewing some of those on you the YouTube page. Uh, and then um, Dice, Decks, and Design is coming back, uh, the monthly board game uh, podcast series there. I'm going to be recording that with Carla from Weird Giraffe Games. Um, that is going to pop up later this week, but the other two ser video series are going to start this week. Um, YouTube.com slash Rocket Punch Go is the place you want to go to check those out. Um, all the... All of these series and more, if you want to learn more about them, head over to um, my Twitter account, at Rocket Punch Go. Check that out, and then you'll be able to see, um, you'll be able to read some of the tweets I have and details on that. But the two that are important to this show are, number one, Rocket Punch Show, of course, new logo, like Seth mentioned. Uh, we've got a brand new format. Uh, we are basically scrapping the news. I Actually, do I still have this? Um, hold on. Oh, yeah, no, they're still there. Um, we're basically, we are not going to be talking about the news anymore in the Rocket Punch show. Um, uh, Seth and I, we talked about how we can make the show better, and I think this is one of the things we wanted to do is instead of, you know, there are plenty of other sources where you can get news throughout for the week or whatever, and um, but, uh, but for topical stuff, and I think the reason why a lot of you guys listen to us here is our thoughts on some of the biggest news topics there. That's really what we're going to be doing now. So we're, um, the format is about we're going to have anywhere from three to four big topics that we're just going to sit down and talk about. Um, and you guys are going to find out about that in a second. But I know I said the news is gone from the Rocket Punch show. But it is not gone from Rocket Punch. So if you, are, if you always listened in and you were like, I listen to the Rocket Punch show because of the news, and you guys go through the news and uh, talk about you know what's ha what happened in the past week of gaming. There, um, I've got some great news for you now. We've got another new series called Good Morning Gamers. It's going to be a daily, yes, daily podcast Monday through Friday. Um, I'm going to actually read you guys out the top news items from the day before, uh, and it, it's it's really meant as a ten to fifteen minute quick podcast something you could like jump in your car or when you're taking a shower or getting ready for the day each morning and get the top news items in the gaming industry right there no muss no fuss none of these like elongated explanations or you know discussions on that news because there's a lot of there's plenty Seth can back me up there are plenty of places that do that uh, this is literally just the facts. Think of like NPR or Good Morning America. Like, boom, here are the facts. Mm -hmm. Here's what's happening in the gaming industry. Have a wonderful day. Um, that If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, there should already be at least two episodes already ready for you to check out. Yeah. So um, There's an important distinction I want to make because not everyone out there may be like journalism majors that understand what that means. Just because we're not reporting news on the Rocket Punch show doesn't mean we're not discussing things that happen in the news. But when you say you're reporting news, that's where I think in the past you've like, you know, we would pull up the article, right? And we would run through the article, the details of the article. And that's part mm -hmm. of what reporting news is. Whereas what we're going to be doing is more the re reaction discussion component of that, where we'll be looking at what happened. And, assume, you know, hopefully you've been watching 
Good Morning Gamer, and you've been getting the details from there, but then you can come over and watch the Rocket Punch show. We'll give you the details that are necessary to kind of understand what we're discussing, but we're not going to like go through and, you know, tell you all about what Cyberpunk said in their, you know, we're not going to read the yellow text that they posted. Uh, We're just going to talk about the reaction or the discussion topic around that. And the hope is, is that we're going to be digging deeper into uh, gaming culture discussion versus just being an, uh, being a wall that echoes news reporting, right? That's, it's kind of the goal here is to make something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more chewy, you know, something you can chew on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you, if for some reason you love hearing my voice and you want to hear it five days a week, if you're subscribed to the Rocket Punch Show podcast feed, don't worry. You're going to get it every day through the week now. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited. I definitely, especially for Good Morning Gamers, I definitely want your guys' feedback on that. I want to know what you guys think about that. Is it a great idea? Are you enjoying it? What are you not liking about it? Let me know. Uh, let Seth know, too, on the Twitter handles there. Um, Cash, I see you in chat. Jade, I see you guys in chat, too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the chat. Let's... Uh- I've got one more suggestion. Oh, okay. Before we move forward, so you got Good Morning Gamers. I've got the next evolution for you. I'm going to pitch it right now, live on the air. It's called Good Evening Gamers. It's an ASMR fueled gaming news wrap up. Right. So you get like you you know the PS the DualSense controller has a little texture on it. So you like do the little like fingers fingernails on the DualSense texture, and then you just whisper like, "Today, CD Projekt Red." Another update. So, so I, I go like this. I take my, I take my gaming controller and do some ASMR like this. Hold on, hold on. See, your noise gate's too good. I can't even hear it. Oh, good. Well, that's that's great. That's it. <laughs> your noise gate's too good. Yeah, no, that's the next follow up. That's the next follow up. <laughs> not actually. That's not a real show, but. It'd be well, a fun experiment to try. So, um, but um, I, I what I'll do as well, guys, for all the new shows and announcements and everything that was discussed this past weekend in our five year celebration stream, um, I will put the Twitter link into the show notes for everybody listening on the podcast, so that way you can go straight to it and read up on all the um, information there um, that we've talked about. Now it's time. It's time to do the new top new kind of format for the show, Seth. Let's jump right into it. Make sure time. Okay, good, good. I, I can see. I thought I saw red on my stream for a second there. I got concerned. Nah, dude, you're seeing all blue because it's cool, baby. And you know what else is cool? Blizzards. Yeah, but, but well, may, maybe not. I so. said blizzards is a concept as the collection, the snowstorm. Oh, right. Okay, that's okay. also the name of a video game. I'm done. Take, get me out of here. <laughs> Let's get you out of here. So, um, Jeff Keeley tweeted it. A couple of news outlets t- started talking about that. About it this week here, but uh, during an earnings call Activision Blizzard had this week, uh, you know, earnings call, money, money, we're doing good or we're not doing great, you know, boring, boring stuff. We're not going to bore you with that. But what we are going to talk about is an interesting announcement that they made. Um, Jeff Keighley reported on saying that Activision Blizzard said it does not expect Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 to launch in 2021 at all. And that, you know, it's... I felt at least to start the new format, start the new show with these topical discussions, Seth. Uh, topic number one, I want to talk about what's going on with Blizzard. I, I don't like uh, some of the questions I have written down that we can talk about here is, you know, with with Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 confirmed not to come out in 2021. Um, plus, 
Activision Blizzard planning to work on more remasters after it's kind of absorbed Vicarious Visions into mm-hmm. the fold. What should we expect from Activision Blizzard at all in 2021, if anything? And is, is this is maybe the tougher question, in your opinion, at least for right now in this snapshot in time, is Blizzard still one of the best developers in recent memory, or have they fallen from grace? I know they've had a couple of bumps and a lot of kind of getting a lot of black eyes in the media, you know, kind of want to pose the question to us there, like, you know, are are they still top-tier developers? Or are they just like, they're kind of sitting down at the bottom with a couple other uh, other developers there? Well, you know, kick us off, Seth. What do you think? Yeah, it, it the story of Blizzard, I it's such a saga with them, right? Like, Blizzard is truly, like, I would say when you look at, it, the the entire gaming industry, Blizzard is definitely they set the bar for quality for for decades, right? Yeah, and a lot has happened. We've seen um, there. I think it all kind of started with an acquisition by Activision when they became Activision Blizzard. Uh, you, since then, you've seen a lot of uh, moves with uh, different games getting canceled. You know, the the follow up. I think it was what was it Titan Project Titan or something that that became yeah. Overwatch, right? Yeah. So all those. There's just like there is a five hour no clip documentary waiting to be made around Blizzard up to now. But to answer your question, like, is Blizzard still considered one of the top developers? I personally, I don't think so, but I also don't think that they are bad, right? It's look at Blizzard's output. Um, I'm gonna share real quick a spot. Dude, the spiciest message my fiance has ever shared with me. So I shared this with my group chat of my little close friends. And I was like, you know, I sent the the tweet from Jeff Keighley. I said, so what does Blizzard do exactly as like a joke, right? And her reply was, throw a party every year for the cool stuff they used to do. And I was like, ooh, ooh. That was like Roblox death sound personified. But... Yeah, their their well, their BlizzCon their BlizzCon online um kind of virtual event is happening at the end of the month. Yeah. So, I, and I don't think that it's quite that bad. Like I think that was a toasty, a hot take, but I don't necessarily think that they are just riding on the coattails of their past success. I think Overwatch is still to this day one of the like coolest and most fun to play and really just tightest class-based shooters that are out there, right? Like, when mm. you just want to play, like, a fun arcade experience. I mean, you even opened your stream yesterday with it, right? It's a five-year-old yes. game. I... So it's – I think there's something to be said. And I think that over the, the main reason Overwatch has not maintained its popularity is just from a lack of ongoing support. They're not being aggressive with it. It's a loot box-driven game. It's a very 2016 game. Um, World of Warcraft, I think, is it's got its, it's got its audience. I don't think that World of Warcraft is going to grow – Heck, the most important thing they did for World of Warcraft recently is release the old ones. So <laughs> what do you say there? You know, like, what do you say? Um, I think that there's a lot of weird similarities between Blizzard and Bioware, I think. And this is something mm-hmm. that we've talked we've talked about Bioware mm-hmm. a lot recently as well. But they are they're kind of at a crossroads where they, they have this legacy that's really important. And then they've for the past five or 10 years have kind of tried new things, tried to push, you know, old, old ideas in new directions or, or do new things. And it just really didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of paved this future roadmap, right? I've, both, first off, the big thing to consider is Blizzard is under new management, right? Like over the past two years, complete 
turnover for basically their entire upper executive team, right? Like uh, I think 19, 2019, Mike Ybarra uh, went over there from the Xbox team. Uh, uh, bu- 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 who's the guy that was uh, running Gears previously? Now um, on the Diablo um, 4 team. Um, uh, Ferguson. He's the Rod Ferguson. Rod Ferguson. So like they're bringing in talent from – uh, from Microsoft, from other areas, right? And they're really starting to pave a way forward that are focused on what I think are their strong arms. Continue ongoing support for WoW. Get Diablo back in the driver's seat, right? Like stop letting Path of Exile and all these other games like become the Diablos. Like get Diablo back in the driver's seat that it once had and drive Overwatch to become an ongoing IP that they, you know, that they don't just see spikes when they release a new skin. We want to keep people coming back to it, right? And be in that conversation with uh, Fortnite and Warzone and other big competitive. And I I understand that with Overwatch, like not something where like you don't, you don't want the spikes. I mean, you do want the spikes, but you don't want to see your growth just in the spikes when say like, you know, it's a year of the ox season and people kind of come back in to check out the new skins. And then once year of the ox is over, you have a month or two until the next event. And so people kind of, okay, I'll put the controller down and then I'll go do something else. And then maybe I'll come back whenever, you know, Easter event comes up. I don't know. I have no idea, but you get, you get, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So like to, you know, to answer your first question, like what are they up to? I think they're heads down. I think they're heads down on making Diablo four the best possible game it can be. Um, I think they're heads down on making sure that Overwatch 2 is maintains the tightness of the original game, but provides more ongoing content, right? Like single player content. Uh, I think things like battle pass. I've always said the Overwatch should have a battle pass, like remove loot boxes and put a battle pass in. I would pay $10 every three months to have a cosmetics route for unlocking things in Overwatch, right? So I think that's what they're doing. And of course, they're going to release more World of Warcraft. As far as this year, what is happening this year, I got this gut feeling that at BlizzCon, it's going to be deja vu of 2003. Because I really think they're going to announce Burning Crusade Classic, and they're going to announce Diablo 2 Remastered. And it's going to be like this weird, like, we're back in 2003 because it's their two, I would say, arguably, Blizzard's two most popular games they've ever made. Like, Burning Crusade was what made WoW. It took WoW from big boy to big boy, right? That's what really made WoW. That's where the chart went shot straight up, right? Diablo 2, to this day, is still one of the best you know, ARPGs of that style, right? The dungeon crawling, <clears throat> that type of approach. And so to put out remasters, essentially, right, of both of those, I think will get them through 2020. And that will also prime people for 2022. Sorry, 2021 is what I meant to say. Now will prime people for 2022. But I really hope, I know Blizzard's had this idea in the past of like, we'll release it when it's done. But I don't think that, that that can ride a whole lot longer. I really want them to make mm-hmm. sure that over the next year and a half, they focus on getting Diablo 4 to a state. Because I think Diablo 4 is a lot closer to being done than most people think. Um, you think so? so they had, okay. They had three classes playable. That's out of the five classes total that it'll probably ship with. So, like, they've got a lot of the classes playable. They've opened up ideas to the community, so they're constantly improving that process. And I think that another year will give them enough time to wrap that game up and make it look good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, what 
What does the future hold for Blizzard? It's got to be. They got to have the big three. Now, StarCraft, rip StarCraft. It fell off, but in its place, Overwatch rises to the occasion. Overwatch, Warcraft, Diablo. Those are your big three. That is, in my well, opinion, I, what is going to drive Blizzard. I think, you know, StarCraft, I think we're just not seeing it a lot in the States. I think if you go overseas, especially yeah. in Korea, I mean, Star, StarCraft is still big. And, you know, I just don't think yeah. maybe it's just they're making enough money with StarCraft. They don't need to make another one right now. Or they're just, you know, maybe they're making so much money on the other properties that StarCraft has taken kind of a backseat. Um, I, I, I question whether... You know, it, Diablo 4, maybe it is further along than it, we may think. I still, I never thought that Diablo 4 was going to come out this year. Um, at, at the best, it was going to be one of those, we're going to release it in fall 2021, and then it slips to early 2022. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, what are you, where are you thinking about Blizzard's short-term and kind of long-term success? Uh, do you feel like they're going to get back to that status, or are they trying to just find their I, place as a AAA? I think... I think they will. I honestly, the whole their whole mantra of like it'll release when it's ready. I think they should still stay with that. I think that served them well in the past. Uh, the the big thing I think is that they they need to take that time to make sure the game is in, like is something that people are going to want. Uh, I think also as well. I think I think it's more of just like game design thought processes and making mm -hmm. sure you're not like un clearly understanding what your gamers want and not necessarily, I'm not saying that Activision is like forcing the hand. I don't know. I'm not in the boardrooms, mm -hmm. but like getting away from things like, you know, what that could be perceived as money grabs, i.e. Yeah. the Diablo auction house or, um, yeah. You know, battle passes are very friendly, but don't come out with like a, oh, we're going to do season passes and it's going to be 50 bucks. And, you know, yeah. like do like, like you said, like something like 10 or 20 bucks for a couple of months, get you a battle pass. It'll have an easy, clear progression, which I, mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling that they're going to do that because I think that Blizzard makes enough money from um, Overwatch and the loot boxes anyway that I think mm -hmm. that it, I'm, Activision or someone somewhere is showing them, look, if you, Especially, it's Activision. I mean, go look at Call of yeah. Duty Warzone. If if they're like, if you put a battle pass in and have a small store, then look at how look at the difference in revenue you can get. Boom, 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 and yeah. they'll be like, okay, yeah, we need that. That might be a good idea we can look at to help fund our other stuff. I, mm -hmm. if anything, I was hoping or thinking that we were going to get something from Overwatch Two this year. Um, mm -hmm. that, that, that big trailer reveal and some of their stuff and details came out like in 2019. Yeah. And now, you know, we had a whole year basically with nothing. And now we're going to go an entire year without yeah. nothing again, which makes me think kind of almost on the flip side of you, Seth, maybe Overwatch 2 isn't as far along as we think it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's still issues or maybe they had to... They had some other ideas, and they had to take a step back in order to get it where it needs to be. Um, and that's not to knock or say anything against Overwatch. I mean, Overwatch is a is a staple. Like, like it, yeah. uh, you, you saw me play it on stream this past weekend. I'll jump in there and play Overwatch. Boom, 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 balls. Okay, I healed somebody. Yay, yeah. we won. Okay, hoop to do. And they keep, you know, they have their guys releasing new skins, and I do like the the way they're handling like some of the new skins where they do like weekly challenges to where if you win nine mm -hmm. games in the week, 
you can get a, a, a new skin for a character um, and kind of motivate you to at least, at least if anything, that's like a, okay, I'll, I'll play for, I'll play until I win nine games. Then I'll get the skin and then I'll step off for a little bit until next yeah. week. So like, I, I, I think they're slowly seeing that return there. Um, but I, I don't know. Blizzard, I just have, I, I have some just tough opinions on because it, I think Blizzard's kind of, I don't think they're dead by any means, but I think they've lost a little bit of their luster from the last couple of years. And some of the, oh, yeah. some of the issues that they've run into, not necessarily their own, because, you know, the whole free Hong Kong thing and some of the other stuff, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I think those are just bad situations generally did they do the right stuff i know i'm not gonna say that but i just you know this is one of those kind of like bad situations as opposed to you know like battlefront 2 and them egregiously trying to take your money um and i think that you know it's unfortunate but they were still they're still working and doing their stuff and you know also they've had a lot of a lot of their old leadership mike morheim um, mm-hmm. Metzen, those guys have left. You've got the new guard coming in. And so I think they're, I think if anything, I think it's just a lot of changes going on with the company. I think it's one yep. of those things like it, I hate using this, using this as an example, like, you know, you know, you, you're, you, you have, you're growing up as a kid and everybody loves you and whatnot. And then you hit the teenage years and then you come a little angsty and you start doing, you know, learning what you want to do. And some people are kind of like, oh, that's okay. But other people are like, oh, you know, he's yeah. really annoying now than what he was before. And you just have to, I think, I think Blizzard, Activision, specifically the Blizzard part, they have to get over that hump and get yeah. past this awkward phase where they have new leadership and kind of really define their vision and make a staple for what um, they they need those statement games to showcase. Like this is what we're about mm-hmm. moving forward. This is what the new Blizzard is. And I think that Overwatch Two and Diablo Four are those games. And I really think, if anything, it's just that it sucks that we're not going to see anything from those this year, or at least we're not going to get them this year. Yeah, simply because it's it, it's they're not done and I think it really is just people want to see them we want you know Diablo we love Diablo we want more and it's just I think it's a little bit of like the ravenous like let me in (laughs) you know type of like show me the content Um, and it's just you know a little impatience there but Blizzard has like I said they've always been like they'll release it when it's ready Mm -hmm. and it it sucks a little bit because I think the only thing I have installed on my um, Battles.net launcher is Overwatch I might have Diablo installed, but I would love to, I can't wait till I get to see the new Diablo 4 and the new Overwatch 2 and download those and install them. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, what it's going to take from Blizzard is uh, you produce quality content and people come, right? Like that's, you, you, they earned their position as an industry leader back in the early 2000s by making great video games right yep consist like banger after banger after banger and they blizzard always had that i'm gonna this is a weird stretch but they always had that apple energy where apple may not have been the first to something but when they do show up it's a big deal because you know they've thought it through right just like with world of warcraft like yeah world of warcraft was not the first mmo but you better believe that it was the mmo that made mmos or put mmos on the map 
Same with Diablo. There, It was not the first dungeon crawler, but it was a dungeon crawler that blew up and put that genre on the map. And that's what they did. They took inner, they took, uh, they took kind of innovations and they perfected them and polished them to such a sheen that you couldn't ignore them. And when you look at what they've done recently, they, I mean, they've had to clean house a little bit. Like, um, I think team was a team three team, team one or team three was their internal development that, that managed things like oh, Starcraft yeah, and heroes of the storm. That was some stuff that, you know, they basically dissolved that team and that's kind of one of those background industry things that happen. But that shows that they're, you know, they're moving away from that that type of game, right? Like, I love Heroes of the Storm, dude. Like, I don't even want to know the number of hours I put into it. But coming at it from a, like, is it a successful game? No, I don't think it's a successful game. I think that League and Dota 2 are better versions of that. Uh, I enjoyed playing that game the most, but it was not the... It was not the thing that defined that genre, right? Like Dota and League still define the genre. And so when I look at what Blizzard's doing, right, they are in, they're class-based shooters, dungeon crawling, ARPGs, and fantasy MMOs. I think they're doing all, you know, World of Warcraft seems to just be a seesaw of good good expansion, bad expansion, good expansion, bad expansion. And basically they've decided, well, the years that we're going to do a bad expansion, let's just release them classic expansion to go with it and that'll be that'll be how we make up for that so that's going on then with diablo i think they're taking a good hard look at things like path of exile and path of exile's approach to seasons uh path of exile's approach to heck i'll even say maybe having a free to play option right like i'll be really interested to see what they learn from path of exile um and then looking at Overwatch like how can we evolve that formula even further and i think that you're right the old guard is gone but the new guard is talented and is thinking of how can we evolve these franchises to the new way that games are done yeah. and that's with things like crossplay ongoing progression paid progression kind of you know like and i say that mm-hmm. from like a battle pass like premium progression options versus just here's a coin to put in the slot machine or like that's just kind of outdated so i hope they're able to come back uh you know i'm rooting for them just like i'm rooting for bioware but yeah they're in a weird crossroads where um there are a couple years and uh, definitely a couple bad releases from being kind of yeah escorted to the to the realm of obscurity that nobody wants to be in so hopefully yeah. they can deliver though that's well, yeah, what i we'll, hope we'll have to see we'll definitely have to see here um we'll find out and we'll keep track of it for you guys um, yep. Before we move into the next topic, guys, um, I told you I'd talk about it, so now we're going to take the time to talk about it. Remember, guys, uh, Rocket Punch is completely driven and powered by your guys' support. Um, there are a lot of different ways you can help support Rocket Punch. Um, you can join our Discord and help uh, make the Rocket Punch community grow. Um, join us in there, have fun playing games, chatting about games and other crazy stuff with like-minded people in a safe and fun environment that we... So that I have a... I have a visual. I have a visual aid that might help you. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to do a theater of the mind. So I want you to imagine uh, the moon, the surface of the moon. Okay. I want you to imagine a large manhole cover, and the top of that manhole cover coming off. Cameron coming out with the Rita Repulsa costume and the staff, <laughs> and uh, he's cackling as he throws the staff at the planet Earth and says, "Make my community grow." <laughs> and then it hits into the earth and then it digs down to the discord underneath and then it grows the community into a giant uh, monster. Uh, thank you for, I, I'm glad people are getting my yeah, power I just wanna, reference. Know, I really want to help people visualize 
the discussion topics that we have here. And really, it is up to you. We've thrown the staff. It is now up to you to guide the staff to Earth so that it can embed into the Discord and grow into the monster of that episode. Um, there are other ways you can support the show and support the content made here at Rocket Punch, guys. You can, um, If you're listening via audio, you can take a few minutes of your time, um, write a review, and give us your score um, on the audio podcast service of your choice there. Let us know how we're doing with the show and our content. You can also follow and share um, our content and check us out over on social media. You guys can see I'm at Rocket Punch Go on Twitter. Seth is at Darth Turner on Twitter as well. Um, we're also on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook and all those good places. Um, if you are feeling generous and want to go one step even further, guys, you can also support us um, via Twitch using your free Twitch Prime sub, or you can become a patron. You can head over to patreon.com slash rocket punch. Um, help support the show directly and get exclusive content like behind the scenes clips, um, bonus content and audio bits that are not going to be heard anywhere else, as well as a bunch of other stuff and even um, producer status and becoming a Rocket Punch producer. Um, there we've got two tiers over at Patreon, our um, silver membership at $3 a month and our gold membership at $5 a month. You can check those out again over at patreon.com slash rocket punch. Um, yeah, that's right. Patreon.com slash Rocket Punch. And as we like to do here, want to give a special shout out to our Patreon, our Rocket Punch producers. These are the people supporting us at Patreon at the uh, gold membership tier. So thank you very much, gold members. Uh, Jossie M, Jeremy M, Stephen S, Adam C, and of course, everyone here supporting us on twitch.tv slash Rocket Punch Live with your Twitch sub. We really appreciate it. And a lot of what I'm doing here cannot be made possible without your support. So definitely, regardless of what you choose from everything we just talked about, guys, uh, we appreciate your support and helping us out and helping us spread the word about Rocket Punch there on the interwebs. Let's jump over to topic number two. Uh, it's funny you brought up World of Warcraft, Seth, uh, it, it, it being a very successful MMO because there's really, lately there's been another MMO that's been a little bit more successful, and that MMO is Final Fantasy XIV. And the second topic is, can Final Fantasy XIV keep its success? Um, we're rolling the B-roll here for the recently announced Endwalker expansion. This is the latest expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, all, we're we're going to talk a little bit about some of the new features there, but uh, some of the things I want to talk about with this one, you know, with the announcement of this Endwalker expansion, the announcement that they have over 20 million subscribers to Final Fantasy XIV, can the game keep its success going as well as start talking about, you know, Seth with you, why has it become so successful and what makes, what makes this different from wow? If anything, like what, what, what is, what has been the key that square Enix has done with this game that wow, just, I feel like has really lost in a, in a lot of the recent expansions here. Um, Giving some guys a little bit of context here, uh, the Endwalker expansion, we're watching it right here. You know, we talked about the moon and MMOs, because guess what? You're going to the moon <laughs> here. You're, oh, here uh, we go. You're, you're, you're watching, we're watching some of the fights here with um, some of the characters, and God, God, please don't judge me. I cannot remember their names right now. Uh, but there, um, the new class was introduced as well that's going to come up in the B-roll here on the video, uh, the Sage class, which is a healer and apparently a Gundam. Because it's like tough weapons yes. are very much the funnels from the Gundam, one of the Gundam animes. 
Um, it's pretty, it, it's awesome. I know what I'm, I'm a healer, so I know what I'm going to be doing when I get to level 70. Um, they've got a lot of information about, uh, you know, new zones. There's a bunch of information here. I'll, I'll pull it up here after the video of a lot of the cool stuff that's coming into the expansion. But Seth, what, what why, why, why is Final Fantasy 14 been, how has it been so successful? It, it, it almost feels like it's been a slow burn, like it's after, you know, we're, we've already talked at length about the 1.0 launch. Let, let's start from Realm Reborn, because that's been its kind of upward tra trajectory from there. Since A Realm Reborn, it's just been this steady, steady, steady growth, while I feel like World of Warcraft has kind of gone in the opposite direction at some mm -hmm. point they crossed, and... I've seen so many people talk and like finally get a chance to play this game. I, I should make mention that Final Fantasy fourteen you can play for free up to level 60. To level yep. 60. And um, with World of Warcraft, you can only play up for free up to level 20. So you can experience like the first two expansions mm -hmm. at no charge, right from the gate. And I think they're like, they really... There's a lot of stuff in the uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen that isn't gate locked very much like the um, free trial is for World of Warcraft. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. what, 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 we both played it. I'm I, I'm an active yep. subscriber right now. You you pop in from time to time. Really, I think it's when you have people you want to play with, you want to jump yep. in, right? Yep. Like what what is it about this game you think that's been really successful lately? Yeah, I mean, I played I played a lot of WoW around the very late burning crusade into um wrath of the lich king and then i dropped off around cataclysm and came back uh probably a past two or three expansions i'd come back in for a month or two during the expansion and and i think that the difference in in final fantasy 14 and the difference in world of warcraft is <laughs> there's a lot of cultural components that there I is are there is 100 percent and it's 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 almost like the difference between going to a really nice American restaurant and a really nice like sushi restaurant, right? Uh, you don't go to a sushi restaurant and be like, "Well, I want to get this roll, but I want to get it without the uh, you know no wasabi." You know, like you don't customize the order because the idea behind sushi is that we've created this this thing for you, and we think that we've got a really good idea here, and we want you to enjoy the thing that we've made. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that when you look at World of Warcraft, it's it, both of them do a great job of responding to their community. But I think World of Warcraft a lot of times changes things for change sake. They'll add in systems that they think are going to keep people engaged longer. And then it just kind of pushes more people away. Right. Um, they're trying to they're playing this weird tug of war between drawing in new users and making their old users happy. And it kind of culminated in my mind to they just gave up and released the old game again so that those people would be happy. And I think that's helped World of Warcraft find a balance now so they can feel comfortable innovating and doing new things while mm -hmm. also having the, hey, WoW Classic is here. Go nuts. Yeah. The thing Final Fantasy XIV does so well is it is 100% focused on being a beautiful engaging story driven MMORPG. One of the things that I think World of Warcraft really struggles with is how to tell a convincing story throughout the expansions. Each expansion is basically its weird little pillar of content and then after that is done, they'll do like a little crossover event and then they'll move into the next thing. 
but they really don't ever tie into each other in any really big, meaningful way, with the exception of a couple of maybe narrative crescendos that have happened over the past 10 years. Whereas mm-hmm. Final Fantasy really focuses on, like, Final Fantasy fourteen is a giant-ass Final Fantasy game. It's the biggest, most ambitious, and I would probably say one of the best Final Fantasy stories ever told. And that is because you start from the very beginning in A Realm Reborn, and you play through one story that continuously evolves the whole time. And you meet new characters, you grow attached to them, you watch them fall off, you watch new characters come in, and like the characters you saw in that trailer uh, are characters from A Realm Reborn, right? Like, from that original one. Yes, and so like, I, I, that- I, I have their names now. So the girl who was had the staff sword was Alice, and the one with the sage class with the funnels, that's um, yep. Alf, Alfenaud. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, Alfenaud. And, uh, and, and they were, like, I'm, I'm still playing through, like, the... Like yeah. a realm reborn content, and they've shown up. I know who those are. I'm like, oh, I've seen those dude, guys before. Dude, like, you uh, better get ready, dude. Those those two are Alphanoid in particular. Is he's one of my he's my baby boy. He's my baby. He's my baby Gundam boy now. <laughs> he's my baby Gundam boy. Uh, but kind of refocusing back in, like, yes, the story is awesome. The characters are awesome. But one of the things that I remember most mm. about my first experience with um, Final Fantasy is they went in the opposite direction that I think World of Warcraft went in for a lot of Hmm. things that motivate players. Now, when you play both the games, they kind of play similarly. similarly. So you're going on quests, you're doing dungeons, you're doing raids, that kind of thing. But whereas World of Warcraft is focused around, here is your hero. Your hero is a druid. They... uh, you kind of create your character and that's where you go. And there are a couple little trees that you can kind of branch out into to be a different kind of druid, but you're a druid at heart and you're the story of world of Warcraft is following you, the druid. Whereas final fantasy is it uses the job system. I think the job system is still one of the best gameplay mechanics ever made. And so the idea is that whatever weapon you're using is your class. So if you have a sword and shield, you're a paladin. If you have a giant lance, you're a dragoon and you're going to die. So that's the, the the idea being that you have one character that fits many different roles makes, in my opinion, makes things, a, it makes me a lot more likely to explore new ideas and as, test new things. As, as opposed to you know, like breaking that even further, like the idea, we've both played through WoW, we've both played through Final Fantasy fourteen. The fact mm-hmm. that in WoW, if you like, you really much when you create your character, you create the class that character is going to be. I want to be a yeah. warrior. If I decide later on I want to be a a, 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 um, a mage, guess what? I have to create an entirely new character to do that and level them right from the start and play through some of that same content as opposed with Final Fantasy fourteen. I make the character, and the class is almost treated like. Another piece of equipment, like yes, I pick a, you know, I had they have these base classes that you want to start with, and they're really just like based on your play style. If you like to slash stuff, be a warrior. If you like to cast magic, be this magic person. But then when you get to a certain point, that's when you can start. Like okay, I'm level, my base level is X. I want to learn to be a white mage, or I want to be, learn to be a black mage, or you know what, I'm level fifty now. You know what, I want to go back and learn to be a dragoon. Yep. Or, or a paladin. And you can go back and do that. And then 
continuing through the game, you don't have to worry about crap. I want to play this class, or you know, we're in a part, we're in a party together, Seth, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, we need a tank, um, and I'm like, crap, I'm a healer, but I can switch my gear out and I can play tank. Hold on a second, yep. and it's a, as quick as switch your gear, your gear sets changed, your spells and stuff are changed. You don't have to worry about like oh remapping them or doing any any of this other stuff and boom you're right ready yeah. to go, um, and I, I think that I, I agree that is one big thing that I really enjoyed and and and, and I don't it's I get, get on the spiel in this I think that there are a lot of quality of life add-ins that are in Final Fantasy fourteen that either are not in World of Warcraft or they take a really long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I when you talk about just narratively, right? Like, if you want to try another class on World of Warcraft, you have to play through the story mode for whatever expansion you're doing for every single class. Now, I think that the direction WoW's kind of going in recently is they have these branching narrative paths, right? Like, I think with Shadowlands, the big thing is you pick a covenant and then you pledge to that covenant and that allows you to, like, follow that particular storyline. So in theory, you could play four different characters and kind of have four different stories. However, it's going to suffer from the same thing every WoW expansion does, where it always has to start from a point and it always has to end at a point. There's never going to be this idea of like Mass Effect branching narratives that carry over to the next game. It's always going to be come back together at the end. Whereas instead of, I think Final Fantasy, what they do is they're like, we're going to tell one story you're going to follow that story with your one character. But like you said, if you just if you want to try another class, we're not going to make you replay 20 hours of story content. Now, we're going to probably have like a little quest line that will that will that we will tell from the context of like, oh, I'm going to go to the Paladin training center and then there's this little fun story about one of the paladins is trying to get promoted or something. You know, like you're yeah. going to follow some other kind of side story that will teach you how to play that class. But you're not having to replay the whole story mode from start to finish because the idea is that you don't need to. You're a character in this world. So that's a big part of it. And also, I just think Final Fantasy has a lot of systems in it that are really fun to engage with. If you're in a guild, they call them free companies, but they're essentially guilds. If you're in a guild, you can buy a house together. You can fill the house with with your own guild stuff. And so you kind of get this own little like secret hangout that you can buy and hang out in and it's not like with like with world of warcraft if they were to do that they'd be like okay give us 10 million gold and you can buy a house so a guild would go and grind 10 million gold from running weeklies or whatever and then they come back and buy it and then they would have their own little zone no 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 no. in final fantasy it's a real estate market there are a finite number of homes that are on the market and those homes fluctuate based on demand right so the bigger homes are in higher demand because those are what the big guilds want right so there's this whole real estate metagame i did not know that that's wild it's super crazy cool and that's where i think final fantasy really stands apart and it's been there from the beginning that has been a a part of the game since the beginning is i think final fantasy when they did a realm reborn they had an idea of what they wanted to make and they have evolved that idea since then whereas i think uh world of warcraft has really been all over the place at one point, they wanted to be this giant Azeroth exploration module. And then more recently, they've kind of brought it down to like, we're going to tell these really handcrafted stories in these really beautiful, like linear environments, right? And I don't say either one of them is bad, but when I look at Final Fantasy, I'm like, there's a legacy here. It is 
Final Fantasy. First off, it's Final Fantasy, probably one of the most valuable RPG IPs in the uh, world. Uh, let's right? not forget, it's a numbered Final Fantasy, which is very numbered. important. That's a, that's a level of commitment from Square that you... Like, you just go look at the history of Final Fantasy XIV. You'll see they're committed to that game, right? Like, that game should have been dead, but they didn't kill it because it was a numbered game. So when you look at these, I do think Final Fantasy XIV is just, it's more confident. It is more confident in what it is. It is a Japanese game through and through. And so you see that in a lot of its systems and a lot of its uh, uh, gameplay mechanics. There are some classes, Cameron, that would make a, even the most technical WoW class look like uh, the put the you know match the shapes in the color or in the the holes in the box, right? It is like like truly <laughs> you want to get in there and you're like, oh well, if you're going to play that class, you're going to need 16 action bars minimum to play that class, and the rotation takes three and a half minutes, right? Like that's yeah. so there's that, and then there's Paladin where it's like, all right, four buttons, hit good, hit gooder. Don't die and become invincible. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> so there's, oh a breath, God. there's a breadth of experiences you can have in Final Fantasy. And it's just fun. Like Final Fantasy 14 is fun. It's beautiful. That's another, I think, another thing that has going forward. It has a very, very unique Final Fantasy specific art style. And I think it looks better than any other MMO ever made. You look at WoW, I, I think agree. they've done a lot of work to try and bring it up to snuff. But like WoW's always been about it can run on anything, right? They want it to run on anything. And to a certain extent, that means that you've got to keep things kind of basic. Final Fantasy, they're a little bit more ambitious and they're willing to push things a little bit further to make the experience up to what they want a numbered Final well, Fantasy and, to be. And, so, And then to piggyback off your conversation, like I, I want to go back to one of the things you said earlier about like the mm-hmm. fact that I think it's no question that of all the MMOs that have come and gone and come out, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV are the two at the top. They're at the peak of the mountain. And what's very interesting as well is I think these two games are very much a product of the region in which they're created. Um, World of Warcraft being a very Western-style RPG and Final Fantasy XIV being a very... Eastern style RPG, and they borrow they've borrowed some stuff from each other. I know I remember in the NoClip documentary when they talked about um, the jump from 1.0 to 2.0 for Final Fantasy 14, how mm-hmm. they started looking like, hey, let's look look at what World of Warcraft is doing with some of their systems and uh, some of their like quality of life stuff. And I feel like that r- role's been flipped now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm reminded very much about. And this goes into a really deep conversation that I don't think we have the time for. But I'm reminded of a conversation that I remember seeing, and I think it either it was in that NoClip documentary or it was somewhere online from um, Naoki Yoshida. Yoshida-san, he's the, um, he's the big name. He's the face you guys yep. see when you talk about Final Fantasy XIV. He's the producer, creative producer there. He's working on Final Fantasy XVI. No, so that, just let you, this guy has clout in the Final Fantasy he, team. It, TLDR, he is the one who single-handedly brought yep. Final Fantasy XIV from the dead. He's the one who did yep. A Realm Reborn. But it he he comes on and says, you know, hey, we make all these content and systems, and one of the reasons is we understand that, you know, we don't want you in the world of Final Fantasy XIV all the time. There, You can be if you want to, but 
We understand that there are a lot of other games to play. There are a lot of other things for you to do, and you have a life. If you come in for, you know, you play for a little bit, then you decide, hey, I got to put the controller down, and, you know, and I'm, I got to go, I want to play this other game, or I want to do this other, this other stuff, then he's like, go do that. And then, you know, we're hoping that when we have a new expansion or big new content drops and patches coming, you're like, oh, okay, I, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll bring you back in. And it really, that turns the onus on to them, onto the company themselves, as opposed to, you know, what I think with World of Warcraft, it's very much like, you know, I think it may have been different, maybe different now, I'm not 100% sure, but it's. Very much like we want you in this world. We want WoW to be the only thing you're playing. We want to keep adding content and content, yeah. and we're going to do whatever we can to keep you into this game. Um, and I think that it, it just, a lot of content gets added that may not be valuable to the large majority of people, um, as opposed to some of the systems that we've talked about with, you know, switching classes in Final Fantasy XIV. I'm going to tell you, play, going into a dungeon with randos in Final Fantasy XIV has been one of the easiest and most enjoyable experiences ever. I go in as a healer, a low-level healer. I don't feel like I'm being overwhelmed. I basically, okay, spell to heal the tank, cure. Spell to heal the group, everybody get together, Medica. And then, basically, if they're not taking enough damage, I just cast um, Stone. For, uh, to do damage where I can to add a little bit extra fluff there. And that's it. That's all I need to know. And I'm going into these dungeons and just running through. I don't feel like, you know, that some of the bosses have mechanics, but they're not overtly like crazy. Uh, and I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm not providing enough support. Because, you, you know, you take being a low-level healer going into some of those, du or dungeons over in World of Warcraft, and it's like, okay, you, uh, when don't stand in stuff, when he starts shaking his arms in the air, don't be in front of him. Um, and then uh, watch out when he starts jumping up in the air, get out of the zone, and then uh, watch out for the tail swing. But also be sure to he stand still and heal me because I've got to stand in there for the ground pound to keep mm -hmm. aggro on him. And it's just, you know, th 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 there's a, there's a, there is a, that is fun. That is very fun. But I think, what Final Fantasy XIV is doing is making it more accessible yeah. to those players, to the fact that you like those systems are not very hard to understand, and new players, even people who've mm -hmm. never played MMOs, can jump in and play. The fact that even the barrier to entry is so low, you yeah. can basically play the first two expansions for free. Full on, no restrictions, no, I can't send email, I can't send mail to certain people, I can't join a free company. Play to 60 for free. And then when you yep. get to 60, if you want to keep going to 70, 80, not, uh, uh, soon to be 90, guess what? It's, you know, you can fucking buy the Shadow, the uh, Shadowbringers full expansion that gives you all the other stuff for 40 bucks. Yep, that's... That's a great point, and you, you've kind of grazed on this, but I'm going to dig straight into this, and I will say this is a very direct statement, but the overall community in Final Fantasy XIV is, I can't even describe to you, astronomically better and more accepting and friendlier yep. than the 
other MMO communities out there. And I don't want to target just WoW, but you talked about being a beginner healer, going into a random group of people to run a dungeon in the main game. That is a, if you've ever done that in World of Warcraft, that is a uh, game of Russian roulette. And the last you checked, that pistol was loaded. So (laughs) you are really dealing with people that are, if you're not min-maxing that dungeon, even though it's a low-level dungeon, these people, you know, they're, they're running new characters or whatever, and they want you to do it as fast and efficiently as possible. And you get yelled at if you don't do that. Whereas in Final Fantasy, every group I was in, I was like, hey, because I'm a tank in Final Fantasy. I, uh, I started as a paladin. And so I was like, hey, just letting you guys know, I'm like new to Final Fantasy. I'm also new to tanking. So please like be patient with me and, and help me. And I didn't have everyone just drop immediately. First off, to, like a lot of times, one or two of them would like add me as friends. And then they'd wow. be like, oh, are you loving it? And uh, here, let me give you some money. Like people would give me some gill to get started and they'd give me some items and give me some pointers. And they're like, oh, this is my alt. My main is a tank. I can give you some tips on how to play pallet. Like it's just such a, it, it channels what I think a lot of people remember WoW being, being back in the day, but it does it today and it does it now. And the other, so community wise, a thousand times better. The other part of it that I think really stands out to me is that it is a game that is available on your PC and on your console. Like, you can play this game on PS4. In fact, they've announced, uh, in kind of coinciding with the new expansion, they've announced that it is coming to PS5 with enhanced load times and things like that. So it is, it's a game that, about the being very accessible like if you really want to like i said paladin was like four buttons i'm not joking paladin is easy you can really play paladin with not much experience at all however well, well, uh, what, what was it again it was hit good uh, hit, hit gooder good, hit don't die and become invincible <laughs> that's literally <laughs> the rotation so then you know cameron you said you play wet white mage correct yes that's, okay, so I, said, I, I'm, I'm going to be a healer. That is my... Yeah, very accessible. Now, what's great is Cameron's going to play White Mage. He may play for 80 hours. And he gets to this point where he's like, man, White Mage is so much fun, but I wish it was a little bit more uh, difficult. Like, I wish there was more mental challenge to it. Well, don't worry. You can switch to Astrologian anytime <laughs> and create the most complicated, convoluted uh, healer known to man. So I think where where World of Warcraft tries to keep the the band very narrow... Um, they want things to be kind of technically complex, but not but not too complex. But then they want to keep things simple, but not too simple. They try and keep it toward the medium spectrum. Mm-hmm. I think Final Fantasy is much more willing to make that spectrum broader because they have more classes, more jobs, more stuff to enjoy. So if you don't like how simple Paladin is, don't worry. There's Gunbreaker. There's a much more technically um, interesting class that has a totally different play style. And that's what I think really makes the heart of Final Fantasy XIV keep beating and keep growing its user base because it truly is it's just a great community, an awesome world, beautiful art, and really cool classes. And they're adding new ones all the time. Like this new uh, Sage class, it's, it's what is called a barrier class healer. So you're a Gundam that that instead of like healing damage, you're mitigating the damage by creating barriers. So it's a totally different like mindset. This for is healing. literally my class. I love Gundam. I love supports and games. Yep. I cannot wait. Sorry. That's it. If you haven't played it, please give it a shot. Like if you are playing WoW and you're like, man, I don't like how I have to log in every day. I don't like how they have these, these systems where I have to just grind this 
made up XP that I pour into this like artifact or whatever they're calling it, this this expansion. If that is annoying to you, give Final Fantasy a shot because Final Fantasy is a game that's all about the story and it's all about encouraging you to play the story and play the content. And uh, it's simple enough to get into. And those early, you know, dungeons and raids are like, yep, don't stand here. Don't breathe that. But by the time you get to the end of the story and you go into raiding, if you really want to go into raiding, you are like the mechanics are super intense. And uh, some of the like, even some of the like first expansions, final bosses can get a little crazy where it's you're hiding behind the pillars to make sure you don't, get hit by the the white mechanic you're uh making sure they don't attack very close to the pillars so the pillars don't break before the aoe well you know it's like all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. cool stuff please give it a shot you can play when we say the first two expansions i'm not kidding that's probably 80 hours of content for right free for, for free so please check it out and it's now is the best time to do it because with a new expansion coming out people are going to be jumping back in and when that new expansion comes out, you're going to have just a sky, like sky's the limit for the number of people that will be that will be playing at that time. So, agreed, agreed. Check it out. All right, guys, let's jump into the third and final topic of the show today. Here, and it is a topic that, oh man, it's just. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I felt just bad hearing this. Um, so, for people who may have missed it uh, this past um, week. Google announced that they are shutting down their in-house Stadia game development studios. Uh, this, these are the like the two first-party studios that they had created. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, one of the notable names attached to them were uh, Jade Raymond, uh, very popular name, big name in gaming. Uh, she was attached as one of the heads of the studios. They have shut down the studio here. I'll, I'll read a little bit here from this article from um, Chain Gartenberg over at TheVerge.com. Um, Google is shutting down its internal Stadia game development division, the company announced today, as it refocuses Stadia to be a home for streaming games from existing developers instead of developing its own games for the service. Quote, creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment. Duh. And the cost is going up exponentially, reads a blog post from Phil Harrison, a vice president and Google and general manager for Stadia. Given our focus on building the proven technology of Stadia as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SG&E, beyond any near-term planned games. Um, so we saw this, read this, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were immediately like, oh, Stadia is dead. I want to make it clear. This only means that the first-party studios are shut down. Uh, Google has made it clear that they're not shutting Stadia as a service down. They're focusing more on basically it being a service, pulling more third-party games into it, and then um, shopping the technology around to other companies and um, businesses as needed. Um, Seth, last topic here. Don't want to get too crazy with it, but I want to talk about it here. Can Stadia survive? I, I really want to know. Like now that the studios are gone, is this the end for the service? And what the hell went wrong with it? I think the way that Google makes products is not conducive of the way that games are made. There, it's two totally different things. Google is all about spinning up products that that see quick, rapid success. And Stadia, on paper, would have changed the way that games fundamentally 
function, right? Like it would have completely changed everything, but it's make it made way too many assumptions about consumers and their behavior. They uh, assumed that everyone would be willing to buy all their games digitally and not own something physical. They assumed that everyone has access to internet without data caps that they can use to stream this service. And they assumed that people would buy, even though it's there's no console, they would buy additional hardware to be able to play it on their television, right? Yeah. And none of those things are, I think, are wise assumptions. And if you'd have asked any halfway educated analyst, they probably would have been able to tell you the same thing. I think, can Stadia survive? Yes, but as a framework only, as a uh, a logo you see at the beginning of a game. I, I, where you see it. I agree. I 100% agree with you on that as well. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's probably one of the most interesting ways to do demos. Like, I think that that um, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising demo approach was genius because you can create, you can give people full access to the game and just say you can play for one hour and here you go, right? And you can just publish it. It doesn't require any hardware. I think it'd be great for things like uh, game press demos, you know, to like share it with a game press so they can yeah. play remotely, especially think, in this- um- yeah, with COVID, COVID some companies have already been doing things like that where they're, okay, yep. we'll just jump on and stream it to you. And you have, instead of it being person to person, you have somebody from a studio there helping guide you through the game as you're playing it. And you can easily ask them questions over the internet. Yeah. And I just, the, the, the biggest thing Stadia has going against it is it is a Google product. And when you are a Google product, it is... Uh, Live or die. There is no like, oh, we're going to keep it around as kind of a middle thing. Like if you're not if you're not a rock star, you're out. Right. And that's the problem. And I I think that if it wasn't for the fact that they would have to utter the forbidden R word of refund, they would have shuttered the whole service because then they'd be refunding. I I would say at least a million dollars, probably millions of dollars in games and purchases and things like that. Millions. It would be millions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be keeping that service around. What is it going to do? I don't think it's going to do anything. I think that Microsoft has been beat at every possible corner, like every possible corner. Game Pass already has, what, 17 million subscribers. It already has cloud streaming to Android, iOS. It's going to be coming any day now. They said Q1 2021, so that's coming any day now. It already has a library of 200-plus games that you can play. Like, there's really nothing that Stadia could do that would beat it other than just pour money into buying exclusive things for it. But I just, I don't think Google's going to do that. I really don't think. I just, I don't like, I think I agree with you on the comment that I think Stadia survives, but purely as tech, I think this would be, I think it may even be a smarter business decision to take the technology behind Stadia and just basically host the servers and tell third party companies, Hey, if you want to make a demo for your game, just put it, we'll, we'll host it on our servers and we'll stream it to people. So instead of them downloading it and then sifting through code, they can say, hey, you want to try the game out? Uh, what's what's a game? There's a, I'll use an example. There's a game that's coming out, Outriders. Outriders is coming out in April. And in February, they've announced that there's going to be a, a demo of the game that you can try and play out for yourself. I'm really excited about it. And I think that's, you know, demos like this, especially in this day and age when we have so many games, I think give gamers a lot of a, a, an opportunity to try the game out to determine if that they want to spend their hard-earned money on it. And, if mm-hmm. it, you know, they're going to, of course, you can download this game, but if it had been something like, oh, 
just go onto your browser or, you know, pull up the browser or, you know, maybe it's some little portal on your game console and it just streams it directly to your system. It doesn't, it, you don't lose any space and you can play the game and at least maybe latency may not be a hundred percent there, but you at least get a feel for how the game is going to operate and play. I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Yep. There were also so many things they promised with the service that just never happened. You never could play it on anything other than a Stadia-specific Chromecast. They never rolled it out to general Chromecast availability. They never added in features that they talked about when they first announced the service, which was the ability to stream directly to YouTube and yep. then allow your viewers to like click and pick up where you were in the game on their machines, right? Like that was never like announced, but never came out. And this is where I go back to the, the way Google does business is they are hyper iterative. They are always changing the plan. They are always coming up with new ideas and game developers need a little bit of consistency and stability to be able to get something out the door. And it takes three to five years to produce quality content. And they announced this thing two years went by and nothing really happened with it. Uh, And there's only so long people are going to wait around when you just, you can't just put the early access sticker on everything and then just get an infinite pass for not shipping a thing. And so I really think, I, I think I said this on an earlier episode, but cyberpunk was the, that was the test case. If they can't sell Cyberpunk on Stadia, Stadia is a dead product. And I think that Cyberpunk controversy aside, that you look at the, what they said, 13 million copies that they sold of that game despite returns. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if 100,000 of those were on Stadia, just realistically. Wow. Uh, it got a little blip because a lot of people said it was the best way to, like, it was the only one that wasn't broken, you know? But it truly, like... Because Stadia is something that requires extra work, it is a Linux-based thing, so it's not... You don't just flip a switch and say, save as Stadia. There's work that goes into putting your game on Stadia. You look at that, you compare it to what Microsoft's doing, where it's like, you put it out on Xbox, and it can be an xCloud. All you got to do is sign the paper and let us run it on our servers, right? Like, they're just running Xbox servers. It's There's no difference in that. Now, you may want to do some optimization to, like... Uh, like, I know Minecraft Dungeon added, like... Uh, better touch controls and things like that. But Mm. there's no work that needs to be done to make the game playable on their cloud streaming service. So I just think Stadia was too narrow in its focus. It was too slow to deliver features. And at the end of the day, I think the business model is just outdated. It is the only company that I think is, that is going to see huge success that I'm going to say console maker that is going to see huge success selling a game at $70 and next gen will be Sony. And that is because they have said up front that that is their focus. That is their goal. And they are going to produce great content for 70 bucks. Microsoft, they are subscription driven. Luna, subscription driven. Uh, Stadia should have been, right? Like just the idea of spending 60 bucks on a thing you don't own. Stadia wanted to double dip. You're going to pay us the subscription and you're going to have to pay for each game you get. That's not how it works. Like that's, you, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too in that, in that case. So I agree. It's, what I think really sucks here is that a lot of developers lost their jobs. A lot of talented developers lost their jobs. I hate when stuff like this happens because uh, I can promise you the executive team didn't lose their job. If they did, they were offered a delicious package, a uh, severance package to leave. And 
that is the way the system works. But all the developers who were hired to work on these cool and ambitious games are now left in the midst of a pandemic with no option for working. So just this is one of those things where I just continue to I, I love Google. I think they make awesome products, but they are just not having a lot of success in the consumer area. They, they do great on business stuff. YouTube's doing all right with the exception of their creator relationships not being so great. But like, I just really want Google to be a better place for people to feel more secure in the things that they do. They don't want to feel like their thing's going to disappear tomorrow because it doesn't because they can't sell it to an enterprise company or something. It's just not a great look. If, if, if anybody out there listening or watching, you want to feel a little bit better about this, um, I think, at least for the year 2021, this is probably the best burn slash deep cut ever um, after this news was leaked here. Um, uh, Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat uh, simply tweeted this out. Excellent work, 47, with a picture of Phil Harrison, who is the senior VP of Google. Um, who apparently has like a lot of projects he's worked on have not done very well. So it was, it was, it was, it was I, I, I was rolling. I was laughing pretty hard. Savage. Uh, that is savage. <laughs> I was laughing pretty hard. Um, uh, but no guys, that's it for episode 33 of the rocket punch show. Uh, let us know what do you think's going on with the blizzard? Do you think that they can come out of the, their, their dark hole that they're in right now? Uh, do you think final fantasy 14 can stay at the top and keep, uh, drawing people into the service. Uh, do you think Stadia has any future left? Um, let us know at Rocket Punch Go on Twitter, at Darth Turner over on Twitter as well, guys. want to thank you so much for the support um, these past five years here at Rocket Punch, guys. Um, hoping for five more, and especially with 2021. Um, I'm very excited to see where uh, we go and land here um, in this year with some of the new content. Uh, remember, if you want just the news, you just want all the, the n- biggest headlines each week, head over to the Rocket Punch Show feed and look for Good Morning Gamers. That's going to be rolling in your feeds here this upcoming week, every day, Monday through Friday. Um, Rocket Punch Show, still gonna, it's going to be topical driven, still going to be showing up every Tuesday in your podcast feed for you guys there. Um, Seth, anything you want to add? Anything you got to add, you know, pimp, Shout out, whatever, before we oh, wrap up. Oh my, hold on, hold on now. Uh, no, I mean, right now, things pretty chill for me. I am working on a really cool design project. So if you follow me at Darth Turner on Twitter, um, I'll probably be tweeting about that sometime this week. I'm working with some awesome folks here in Huntsville on um, what I think will be a very exciting Huntsville-specific geeky announcement coming up. So follow me over on Twitter. I'll let you know when that is going live. But um, still got a couple of things to set up. A little, uh, some mousetrap, some more of the mousetrap to build. But um, pretty cool little project. But that's pretty much taken up all my time. So I really haven't had a lot of time to stream or anything like that. So um, yeah, I'm this year I've decided that I'm going to focus on uh, doing things that are fulfilling for me and make me happy. When there are games that I feel like streaming, I'll stream them. But when I've got other projects going on, I'm going to work on other projects as well. So uh, just follow me on Twitter. That's where I post pretty much everything. Um, in fact, I think that's the l- only thing you can follow me like just out of the blue on. I've made everything private on other social media just because I don't use Facebook. I really don't use Instagram. So everything's private now. So Twitter is that's the hub. If you want Darth Turner, if you want hot takes, JoJo's memes, uh, whatever it is, whatever filth I'm spewing out onto this planet. At Darth Turner, that is where you're going to get it at. So there you go. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I'm going to hopefully watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl here in just a couple of hours there. Uh, go Bucks! But until then, guys, till next week, uh, good night and good game. Thank you guys for joining us.